of the bench mob podcast live from jersey it's a saturday morning for our patreon users you'll be hearing this tonight for those that just support regularly you will hear this tomorrow um we're going to talk about the nfl playoffs we're going to talk about basketball we're going to touch on a lot of it like you already heard Shaq and his comments so we're going to start off with Shaq and his comments and just the tnt crew Shaq said at halftime, you know, while they were doing the broadcast, that he believes Mitchell is really best off as a second or third option on the team. And after the game, that the Jazz won, that Donovan Mitchell went off 36, six for eight from three, seven rebounds, I think like eight assists. This is what Shaq had to say. Definitely have to edit this part out because it's not. Well, I, I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, cool. I mean, I wanted you to hear it. I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to keep going with what I do. Good. At the end of the day. That's what I wanted you to hear you say. Love your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. So, what's your takeaways from Shaq's comments? This is not the first time where he has given a backhanded compliment. Um, Him and Charles love to do this. And especially after a win out of all times, what's your takeaway from Shaq's comments on Donovan Mitchell? I mean, it's just weird because one, he might have a problem with people who play for the Utah Jazz because his teammate Rudy Gobert, he's he's another punching bag for Shaq this year. But I don't know. After a win, you would think that he would ask some more positive questions. You know, not lead with, "Oh, I wanted to get you upset so you could hear this." play well and then you prove me right it's like nobody ever did that to you Shaq nobody ever did that when you shot three for 20 from the free throw line and you're shooting bricks like that it's like don't be one of these old heads hating on the young young players that Donovan Mitchell's got skills that we can agree on is he a superstar yet I don't think so but he's on his way he's only like 23 years old so how do you like how do you attack a player on his on the way up? Like 
the Utah Jazz didn't pay him for no reason. They paid him because they see a trajectory that they can build around. Like he's a he's a really good player in this league, and he's been an All Star what a couple times already. So I don't know, Shaq. It used to be funny when he would like kind of attack these players, eh, somewhat. But now it's kind of like, what are we doing here? You're just tormenting some of these players who they're they're working hard, they're trying to make a living, and I don't know. He's just I don't want to say he's one of these bitter old heads who doesn't like the way the game's being played now, but he's coming off that way now. Greg, do you think maybe from what he said at halftime, this was his way trying to like cover face so Donovan Mitchell didn't hear it from somewhere else? Let me get ahead of the story and let you know that I already said this. Possibly, but you know, Shaq, Shaq's been disrespectful to younger players in the league for a long time now. And it's, it, it's back to Dwight Howard, right? Like, there was no real reason for him to not get along with Dwight Howard, yet whatever. I know that Dwight had the Superman thing and he was doing that, but I thought he was paying, I thought it was a sign of respect, right? And I'm taking it back there because Shaq was coming crazy. He came left on TNT multiple times at Dwight Howard. These guys have been saying whatever they want on that show for a long time. Him and Charles, and Charles is actually worse. Charles is actually, Charles ridicules players on there, right? So, Earlier this season, when Kyrie and KD had first linked up and they were, you know, we were about to get the season underway, and Charles was constantly making talks about, you know, that, you know, Kyrie and their situation, it was a kind of foreshadow what was what happened right now with um with this situation. Like, of course, players in the league aren't going to be too happy about that. It's a player empowerment era where players aren't going to, you know. They're not, they're not going to put up with, with what they don't have to put up with. If these guys aren't scared of their owners, if one guy's, if people can leave for personal reasons and not play, right, what makes you think they're going to talk to you at some point? Like, at some point, TNT has to worry about these guys even getting talked to after games. Like, it may not happen anymore. Like, that's, what we, that's where we may get to. Ernie may have to do this by himself, these interviews, those games. So, you know, with that situation and, and um, Donovan, good for him because the funny thing to me is that I don't think that Shaq thought for a second that, Donovan wasn't going to care about what he said or was going to shrug it off the way he did. I thought, I think Shaq thought that Donovan was going to take it personally on air and they're going to have some like discourse on on air that was going to be like TV gold. People were going to love it and and Shaq was going to get like that self-satisfaction as, yeah, like I'm OG, like people care about what I think, things like that. But that's not the way Dwight, that's not the way um, Donovan handled it. Donovan was just like, hey, like all right, like I've been hearing that my whole career. Like you're no different than anybody else. Any other fan I hear from, like any other person I hear from all over the country, any any bot on Twitter that's something I tweet them me saying that, same thing. So I thought it was really funny, and I also thought it was funny that Shaq calls it up and goes, "All right, I, I love your game, bro." At the end, like because, you know, what remind me of remind me how how dudes be saying respectfully at the things that aren't respectful at all. Like that's exactly what Shaq just did. It's no different. Um. But nah, I, I thought I love the way Donovan handled it though. He could have gone left, and he did a good job of just kind of like shrugging it off. Like, all right, like yeah, Donovan's a very good player. The idea that he's not a superstar in the league is is he's not a superstar in the league yet. But that's not all his fault. They they pay, they gave a guy two hundred million dollars in a team that can't dribble, pass, or shoot. Like that's the reason why he's not super. He's not considered a superstar in the league. They have to get him guys that complement him a little better. And not that Rudy Gobert doesn't help or play a role. You allocate your funds like that, 
your team's not going to elevate. And, and because this team's not going to elevate, he may not get to a place where he can win and go to a conference final. I think he's back into a player where he can. He's always performing in the playoffs. And Latcher had a heck of a playoff run. So, um, no, like, obviously, these guys have been doing it for a long time. You know, you don't you don't like to see it, but they do come off as looking at caters, just period. Like, they really do. Because they're hating on everybody. I mean, you even saw with the Christian Wood interview, like, I don't know if y'all saw it where he said this. He said to Christian Wood, Shaq was like, oh, I never really watched you before uh, you got to Houston. So Christian Wood was like, oh, you were casual. Okay, cool, bet. Like, even within that, he compliments him, but it's like, bruh, why would you – that wasn't even necessary to say that you never watched him before he came to Houston. And we know he had his – words to say about Harton and Harton pointed out he was like he feels black commentators and black former athletes should not be tearing down black athletes. Shaq responded and basically was like I'm not a yes man I'm gonna say whatever I want to say. With that being the case and Shaq doing this people are tuning in it's going to give you views it's what people like they won awards we don't agree with it we think it's bullying. We think it's some hate mixed in there between that. But, hey, as you said, it might come to a point where they're like, yo, I want to talk to Ernie or I want to talk to Kenny. Like, Kenny don't really do this either. Kenny's typically – Kenny and Ernie are the, the calm people within the show that got to pull everybody in. Like, all right, yo, bring it back in. Y'all, y'all doing too much. Transitioning. Greg, big three together. Big three lose their first game. Mm. And – they lose last night. We're going to start with you. What is your outlook on the new Brooklyn Nets in that first game? I'm, I'm calm. I'm relaxed. There's no reason to be anything else. These big threes, when they come together and you put that much talent together on the court, there's going to be some rough spots. I actually think offensively it doesn't look too bad. Um, obviously, they're going to be able to score points. I don't – I think they have to work on just being able to – getting more of a motion offense and there where guys are more involved, like Joe Harris. Joe Harris would be allowed to flash and cut to the basket or drive to the basket more often than he does and things of that nature. Um, big picture, like you, they have help on the way. They have help on the way. I know they signed some, you know, some guy that no one knows yesterday, Norvell Pell, I think his name is. I hope I said it right. Um, and I didn't know much either, but I went and watched some film on him. Yo, he's, he's a very good defensive player. Like, he actually is. Like... He's a really good rim protector. He, we're talking about a guy who's not scared to go up and block dunk attempts. Like he's that, like he's that dude. And he was he was doing that. He has highlights that really they, they pop out on screen to you. So I'm excited to get him, obviously, because these DeAndre Jordan minutes are a problem. Okay. I know it's not all DeAndre Jordan's fault. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying that, but his minutes are not even serviceable. Like on the defensive end, you can catch a lob all day. That's great. But defensively, I can only give him 24 minutes a game. Like, I can't have him on the court more than 30 minutes. It's not possible. Like, he can't be out there that long. So, that's a problem. Uh, James is a little too passive. That's another problem. James is, like, trying – is overcompensating. He's trying way too hard to be to be passive and show people that he's not a selfish player. He's trying to he's trying to tear down a narrative in real time. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like, he turns the ball over too much when he's passive. And the best thing he does is score. He's not even taking that step back three nearly as much. So, People want to blame Kyrie Irving for what's going on. Kyrie took, what was it, 28 shots in the first game. Last night, I think he took around 26 or 27, around the same number. But he was very efficient. Last night, he had a great game. 
Um, no, I, I don't. I don't subscribe to that. I don't. That's all the trade Kyrie rumors. Like, I, I think we may, we may even have some fans vote on polls that said trade Kyrie, which I think to me is just insane. No, you didn't even give it a chance to breathe. You gotta let you gotta let them get together and really play a lot, see what's going on there. But um, no, I, I, Kyrie is taking shots that James won't take. <laughs> James won't even take them. Like James is James isn't even trying to get to his spot to get shots off. He's just up the court and trying to facilitate every single time. And it's, that's when he's on the court and Kyrie's not there. Like, that's the craziest thing. He, it's, in, it's insane. He's passing the ball to Jeff Green, overtaking shots. And it's, I'm like, what are you doing? So what James Harden does best to score, he needs to get back to that. I think things will change a little bit when you see James Harden become James Harden a little bit. Like, he has to be able to do that. He can rein it in, obviously, when he's on the court with KD and Kyrie. But he has to, when he's, when he's, when he's on the floor, he has to shoot the ball when he has shots. And he can take contested looks. So that's a problem, too. But I, I think helps in a way, uh, big picture. I think that's going to be fine. All right. Big, historically, big three struggle when they get together. Like, the Heat struggles. We were not nine and eight, like, the first 11 games. They turned it around. So let's, let's calm down. Like, let's calm down. I know Miles is enjoying it, right? Because, you know, if I were a Knicks fan, I would enjoy the pain, too. I'd enjoy the pain of a Nets fan, too. Let's relax. Let's relax. Hey, Miles, so... Kendrick Perkins put out this tweet after last night's Nets loss. I repeat, Kyrie will not take a backseat to nobody, even if the results end in losses. Carry on. Do you think that is actually true, that this is how the Nets season will go in regards of Kyrie's play? I mean, I think it'll like, there's going to be up and downs. Right now he came back and it looks like, you know, he's he's here to score, which, I mean, that's his best attribute. He's not really a passer. So I don't blame him for that. But the main issue with this team, I don't think it's going to be offensively. It's just defensively. They lost a lot of pieces that helped them kind of mask some issues. Because like you said, DeAndre Jordan shouldn't play that many minutes. He's older now. He's not that defensive force in the, the middle anymore. He rebounds, but he's not stopping anybody on defense, which I know sometimes during the games, uh, KD's like the biggest guy on the court. They, they need to have like a different solution to that. They need another big man, someone who plays defense. Norvell Powell. Okay, Norvell Powell. He's the new name. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he fits with them. Like you said, defensively, if he can just come in and add a presence, that automatically helps the Nets because giving up 150, basically 150, and then last night another 120 points to a Cavs team that they're not that good. They're not this good. Let me just say that. They're not as good as they've looked against the Nets these past two games. I mean, last night Katie didn't play. So there was a defensive presence that was missing too. But, I mean, they added Harden, who we already know he doesn't play that much defense. And then Kyrie, I mean, we don't even have to mention that. He's, I don't want to say disconnected on defense, but his main focus is dribbling and scoring that ball. So that's why you need guys around them to play defense. And – I mean, adding a third star, I feel like kind of, I don't want to say alienates Joe Harris a little bit, but 
he's kind of on there just standing around. So he might lose energy on defense too. So court side tickets. Huh? He got a court side seat. He got court side seats. He does. He he got the best seat in the house. He gets gets to see three superstars go at it. But we got to see what happens in the future. I'm not hating. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I know that it's a new dynamic. They're bringing in another dribbling superstar who is coming from a team where he was the guy. He was the guy handling it 90% of the game. So, of course, it's going to be a change for him. And it's also going to be a change for the Nets now, too, where they have to incorporate this guy and try to make it work. Like you said, Harden, he's looked disengaged when he doesn't have the ball. And, I mean, that's kind of how his M.O. has been over the years. Like, if he's not dribbling, if he's not facilitating, he doesn't really move without the ball. He's not a a cutter. He doesn't do what Joe Harris does. If he did what Joe Harris did, that would open up things a lot more, make things easier for Kyrie, KD. But you can't just have one guy standing there and have five guys looking at everybody else on the court. There's disconnect there. So I think the Nets, they'll be fine. This is just a little rough patch. Main thing they got to worry about is getting like a defensive presence in there, like scouring the the waiver wire to see who's who's there. Maybe even seeing if you could trade for somebody too. Even though it's going to be tough because they did trade a lot of picks, which is what you would probably use to get a decent defensive player at this point. But I mean – the window is tight right now. So they got to, they got to make some moves to, you know, speed up this, this chemistry issue that that's going on. You know, they are one in five against teams that are under 500 mm-hmm. and they are, I believe eight and three. And you could fact check me on teams above 500. So they, they, it's like, again, the defensive effort they put out in the air against the Bucks. Where'd that go when you went to Cleveland, right? These guys are not manufacturing their own energy when they're playing teams that aren't as good as them. So I think that's another issue. They're just playing down to their competition in a lot of these instances. I don't think I, I don't think it was I think the defensive war started to show themselves in Cleveland for sure. They have issues on defense. But I will say this, and I'm gonna leave everybody with this. Sean Marks, for all people who don't follow the Nets and they wouldn't know this, that man is very good at waiver wire pickups. He's very good at find, finding guys out of nowhere. I'll give you all two examples. Joe Harris, who made, who's now making $25 million. Spencer Dinwiddie, who was nobody, nobody when the Nets got him. I actually wanted the Nets to keep Yogi Ferrell. See, this is going back. Yogi Ferrell over Spencer Dinwiddie. That's how That's that's how no guy was, was from obscurity. He had no there – was, there was no, like, draw to his game if you didn't – really watch basketball intensely and you were paying attention to the G League, like that's that's what we're talking about here. So relax. There's Norvell Powell. Pal I got some I got some faith in him because I got faith in Sean Marks. That's what I'm gonna say. So the Nets will bounce back. That's my that's my piece. I feel like the only thing is he's good with picking up guards and stuff. But let's see how he does picking up big men and centers because that's the only issue with this team. They got guards. But DeAndre Jordan's kind of the only de- I mean, I say defensive presence. He's the only presence on defense for this team. And you don't even feel it. He's not really doing what Rudy Gobert's doing. He's not even doing what across the way in New York, Mitchell Robinson does on defense. So if 
if you guys had a Mitchell Robinson type of presence on defense, that would help you guys immensely because with him, he doesn't need the ball that much. He plays defense. He's going to block shots, move his feet. He's mobile. And then pick and roll game. Like you can't just have DeAndre Jordan pick and roll like this is Lob City anymore. Like this, that's that's been dead for him. So we'll see. Maybe he needs, you know, KD to take him out for coffee in the city, talk to him like, hey, we brought you here for a reason. You're not just my buddy. You, we need you to step up and play a little defense, help us out, because I got two, you know, they're not going to make any defensive teams anytime soon. Two guards next to me that aren't going to play that much defense. So help me out. I need some help. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. So I had to play that. You know we have to do this on the show. If y'all been paying attention, if we talk about the Brooklyn Nets, we got to talk about the Knicks. Up until last night, they were on a three-game winning streak. R.J. Barrett was skyrocketing on the MVP conversations. How do you <laughs> how do you feel about the Knicks? Uh, Miles losing last night to the Kings. I had them beating the Kings. They are one of the worst defensive teams in history. R.J. Barrett still plays well, 21 points. Two for two from three-point. You was riding high on the three-game winning streak. A game y'all should have won. What's your takeaways on the Knicks so far? Y'all in the playoffs. Y'all the AC right now, right behind Brooklyn. <clears throat> it's still early, but I like what I've seen. That, that five-game losing streak before the, the winning streak was tough to watch just because I think fatigue started to set in a little bit. You know, running that eight, nine-man rotation, it will catch up to you. So this is – I don't know how long they're on this road trip because they played a back-to-back Golden State the night before, and they're not really playing that many guys. So – and then they come back and play the Kings – I didn't expect it. I thought they'd at least come back because they've shown that they can do that this year. They can be down a little bit and then in the fourth quarter, turn it on. And I thought they were going to, but you know, nothing, it doesn't always happen that way. This team, they've shown a lot of fight. we got some injuries, some guys coming back. Uh, Like you said, RJ has been playing well ever since, I think we were talking about it last week. He's kind of going on a, a good run of games here. And I saw that coming. I know he's not as bad as he was shooting before. That was, that was bad. He was, he was awful. He's, he's still one of the like lowest shooting three point shooters in the league, but I mean, it's going to come like right now he's shooting what near 40% over the last week and a half, I think from three. I think he's getting a little more comfortable because if you look at it, the season was shortened last year. So he did, he actually didn't even get a chance to play a full 82 games until maybe like a week or two ago, he finally reached that plateau. So just give him a chance. He's, he's one of these young guys who you're not going to see it immediately. Like maybe like a LeBron Zion Luca, but gradually over time, as you build a team around him and, add pieces that actually help him succeed, you'll see that he's going to be pretty good. But with this team, I like the way they've been playing. 
like Randall, he got into a little, you know, he sputtered a little bit the last couple games, but he's still the number one option. I like the way Mitch is playing. They're getting him a little more involved on offense and that helps him on defense because nobody wants to just stand around and pass the ball back and forth without getting a chance to score. Especially I, I know I have a problem with that in pickup and I know <laughs> Mitchell Robinson has a problem with that too. So, but the pieces that we got right now are pretty good. Uh, it's not a finished product yet not by any means, but for us to be eight and nine, when most people said we'd be last in the East, probably last in the NBA projecting us to be the number one pick again, even though every year they do that as if it's like the NFL and you, if you have the worst record, you get the number one pick because the lottery just doesn't work in our favor. I don't know. I don't know what's up. Maybe uh, David Stern, he's, he's, he's haunting us somehow because we haven't hit the lottery since Patrick Ewing. And now I just given up on it. We didn't get Zion. I'm, I'm cool with RJ. I like RJ, but help us out one of these years. Give us the number one pick. Like this year would be nice, even though I doubt we'll be in the running for it because we're playing well, best defensive team in the league right now. And that's shout outs to Tibbs. He's gotten this team, which is pretty much the same team from last year, minus a few guys and adding a couple guys too. It's basically the same team that Fisdale struggled with. He was three and 19 through the first 22 games last year. And we already have eight wins. It took us like three or four months to get that last year. So I think progress is being made. I, I think people around the league can see that. Hey, we'll see what happens in the next few years. But Yeah, the Knicks was able to get their eighth win. Not a loss last night, but they were able to get their eighth win in the 16th game. Last season, it took them 33 games to get their eighth win. So there is some progress there. But looking at the other end of the spectrum, Minnesota, the T-Wolves are 3-11. and It's only 15 games in, but they are yet again in a situation where they have talent and they just suck. Is Ryan Saunders on the hot seat? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They got that up. So his father coach, God rest his soul, God rest his soul, and he takes the job. Um not really sure why he was the most qualified candidate to get the job. I, I, I'll be honest. Even when he got hired, I didn't, I didn't really get it. Um, that, that, that team needs, funny enough, they had Tibbs. <laughs> they, they need a Kenny Atkinson. They need a, a, you know, I'm not, look, I'm not sold on Tibbs' developmental coach exactly, but even him, would have, he would have been better, I feel like, than, than it's not just a kid, right? He's a kid coaching kids. That's, that's what's really going on right now. And it's, it's really strange. Like, they're, they're very talented. They don't play any defense. If you want to talk about why they don't win games, they don't even try. That, that's really what it is. It's not about them missing a glaring piece on the, on the defensive end of the court. It's just they don't try. Trey Young had a shot yesterday where he shrugged his shoulders. Had uh, He could count three Mississippi before he got the shot off. He had, I think he had 42 on them last night. 23-30 in the first half. Like, Young had been struggling all year. The Hawks had been struggling. Playing out of his mind, but like that team has issues. The Hawks have chemistry issues because of the way John Collins thinks that Trey Young plays. 
So they come in there and they beat the heck out of you and it makes it look and they look they look great. They all they're skipping out of the, out of town and you know as talented as they are and I love D'Angelo Russell obviously you know um, big fan but he's not a great defensive player either but I, he can he can be serviceable in spots and they're not even not even putting together a patchwork defense so yeah the Wolves are disappointing um, at at um, I know he's been injured he's been on and off the floor this year as well and you know I, and actually I think he had he had COVID right so I know that you know you know prayers up to him and his family that they've been doing that but um no it's it's tough the cat's been in and out and some people will be like hey like cat's been in and out give you know give Saunders a break but there's no excuse for how bad they've been defensively even without him like we're not even talking about representation we're just talking about a basic effort plays it's not there he's not getting through that team so they're gonna have to run it back with a new coach next year. I don't think he survives this year. Um, him, uh, Luke Walton in Sacramento. I think his time is up. I don't know if he makes it through the season. And we have to get to a place where it's like, yo, he's not a good coach. Let's let's, let's just do that because Luke Walton is having he has nine lives. He's coming back. You know, it's, they're they're pushing him on everybody because he has of his, of his NBA legacy being Bill Walton's son. But and and that's not fair, by the way. It's a big part of the problem with sports in general. Um, nepotism, huh? Nepotism, nepotism, exactly. exactly. And no different with uh, Flip Saunders' kid, and you know, being here, here we are, right? So it's just they got to do a better job with that. The NBA has to do a better job of making sure that qualified candidates get a shot, and that's the thing that goes across sports, not just we're seeing football with Eric Bianami right now, right? He's not exactly out of the league because of nepotism per se, but you know, it's a different kind of ism that he's dealing with, but um. Still, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna be out of there. Um they're too talented of a team to be what's the record? What's the Wolves record, Ryan? Three and eleven. Three and eleven three and eleven. They're just they're too talented to be three and eleven. I'm sorry. So yeah, he'll be out of there and give my guy give my guy Dilo some help, man. I just I want to see Dilo thrive. Yeah, you talk about Luke Walton. They six and ten. One of the worst defensive teams historically, like not just this season, like mm. historically in the NBA. Right. Of all the teams in the NBA, historically bad defense. Then you mentioned um, Eric Benenemy. Real quick before Miles go, I saw before we hopped on the show, there's reports that the Texans might hire Josh McCown as the head coach. Deshaun Watson has played his last game in Houston. Miles, you can go. I just had to share that since you brought it up. That's the crazy Josh McCown. No history. And Luke Walton, you know, is parlaying his success when Steve Kerr was out as if he could. He was this elite coach. You had Steph Curry. You had Klay Thompson. The system was already there. Go ahead, Miles. Kurt didn't have the code. I'm sorry. Like, no, talk yeah. about that. Exactly. Now, now is the time when we want to see Steve Kurt coach because he's his team's a little depleted now. Miles, Miles, before you go, bro, let's keep it a buck on the show. It's ain't a hot. Steve Kerr's not a good coach. He never had to coach. He's never had to coach, bro. When does he have to coach? Managing egos is one thing that he's just like, he's a psychiatrist. That's great. Yeah, he tweaked a little bit with this team because they weren't winning with Mark Jackson. Then he comes there and they immediately immediately make the finals, win the most games in the regular season, 
So we can't say he's not a good coach. He knows something. He he, right. he played under Pop, so he he knows a little bit about basketball. You think that Mark wouldn't have done a good job the following year because Mark wasn't out of there because of his coaching ability. We, we, he was we out of there because of Mark, Mark, yeah. We know the backstory on why Mark was fired, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we so it, ha- it wasn't basketball necessarily related. In fact, Steph Curry was devastated when they fired him. It was about off the court stuff with the owners. Mark messed up his bag. That's what happened, and that's the real reason why I don't think he's been hired. I think he's got he's getting blackballed by owners. If you if we're being honest, but yo, Steve Curry gets a lot of credit, and 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 I get it, but I don't think he I don't think he's some great coach. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I don't know. Don't call me crazy, but Miles, go ahead, man. I ain't, I ain't taking I ain't taking the thunder here. I'm just saying. Well, this this is a perfect opportunity for him to show that he's actually a good coach. When you don't have a good team around you or you don't have those pieces like he did where he had Clay Thompson, KD, this is the time where we want to see you you really coach. Because now he's got Steph Curry, Draymond, and then I don't know. Who who else am I really afraid of on that Warriors team? Like, we beat them by 15 the other night. So, clearly, we're not afraid of them. If we're not afraid of the, the Warriors, then who is? But back to the question um yeah flip he's not long for this job it's not his fault that you know this team defensively is this bad I think probably should have taken LaMelo number one that's my opinion I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's a hot take or not but I feel like you need more team pieces to help with this team than another scorer because they got two in Cat and D'Lo and I think D'Lo would be pretty good off ball, but right now it's not it's not really working. It's not working. And like you said, Cat, he's been hurt. He had the wrist injury. He was out a couple of weeks and then comes back. He's playing well, then gets COVID. So now you're missing that star big man that you have. You're running with Nas Reed. Shout out to Nas from Jersey, but you, he's not Cat. He's not going to give you what Cat gives you. So I don't know. They're they're in a, a rough spot right now. And I know that D'Lo was brought here basically to try to keep Cat in town. But I don't know what of these first couple weeks of this first month of the season would show me there's a future here. Like I could see him forcing his way out now, like many of these athletes are doing now, because they don't want to just play and make money. As good as that sounds, you want to win. You want to compete. Nobody got into this sport to, you know, just play ball. If you did, you'd be playing in these <laughs> rec leagues, and that's not the most fun because you're not you're not really making that much money doing that. But I mean, D'Lo, I, I always thought it was a reach bringing him in and thinking that that was the the, the piece of the puzzle that was missing. Like, they need a new coach. I don't know how Flip got the job in the first place. Maybe, yeah, he was uh, – I mean, Flip. I said Flip. Ryan. Ryan. Um, yeah, Flip was the coach before, and he was the coach's son. He's been there for years. So he – I feel like he was he was brought in there kind of not as an ode to the, the dad, but, I mean, maybe a little bit not really giving any chance to anybody else to, 
to get in there and get an interview and coach. Cause I mean, we can agree that Mark Jackson is a lot more deserving of coaching this team than Ryan Saunders is. And you could say that about a lot of teams in the league. Like there's some coaches who aren't qualified. They, a lot of these teams reach for a guy just because he's an assistant for a pretty good coach. Like that doesn't mean that they're going to be good or they should be good. That's a shot in the dark. So I don't think he's long for the job. Three and 11, that's awful to start the season. And yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have much else to say about Ryan Saunders. Yeah, I think even I think even Mark Jackson should have been in that. If he wanted to coach Minnesota, that's another story. But Mark Jackson, Chauncey Billups, um, Tyron Lue, when he was on the free agent market, they could have got Ty Lue. They could have got a couple other people that I feel have put more time in, at least being an assistant coach, have bounced throughout the league, and would probably do a better job than Ryan Saunders is doing. More than three wins. Real quick, do you think Minnesota is going to regret drafting Anthony Edwards? Right now, 11.6 points, 2.9 rebounds, 1.7 assists. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. One, because Wiseman's playing well. So even if they didn't take LaMelo, they could have taken Wiseman, flipped him for somebody, if they really wanted to keep this big three together. But – I don't know. I was saying it. I, I wanted to put a bet in draft night that LaMelo would be the number one pick because that made more sense to me than taking another scorer who, you know, if he doesn't have the ball, he kind of like Harden is a little disengaged. So this is what they did. It's too late to go back now. Now you got to hope that with a little coaching, he can develop and turn into a player that's got a better trajectory than you could see now because he can score. There's no problem with him scoring. It's just the intangibles are lacking right now. Like he's not really a passer. Defensively, he can, you know, he's here, he's there. But in the league, you kind of got to be there all the time. And I mean, you could say the same thing with Lamelo. He's not the best defender, but he looks engaged at this point. Like he's, He's the best rookie so far. He's shown the most promise of anybody in this this class. And I don't know who made the decision to not draft LaMelo, but it could come back to haunt him, especially you see how big of a following he has already. Way bigger than anybody in the last, besides Zion, he's, He's like the Zion of this draft. So we'll see. He's he's one of those point guards that don't come around that often with vision like that. Because we've seen some passes from him that a 19-year-old doesn't usually make, maybe since like Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Jason Kidd. Those are all great passers in this league. And he's going to be one of those. And he's shown that he can score too. So I think... They might have slept on the jump shot a little bit, which for good reason. I don't know who teaches shooting over at the ball house, but they need to be fired because the form has been hideous for two of the three. The only good one is LiAngelo, and 
we good we good off that so we got the G League he in the G League he gonna be in Orlando Big respect on Jello name you're NBA scouts confused the heck out of me because I I watched him on the wall play in Australia like I watched his games mm-hmm. and I was like and, and I watched him in high school I, I followed him because I, I, I thought I generally thought that when Melo wasn't like a, was a sophomore in high school he was a basketball genius like I thought then I thought a lot of the foolishness you saw on Instagram, a lot of the foolishness you saw in his game um, and the immaturity was because he was so good, he was boring. Like, that's, was, when you score 92 points in a high school game, I don't care who you do it against. And the way he did it, did it yeah, a lot of it was cherry picking and he was hitting bombs from, from 30 feet out. You know, he does this because he was bored. Like, there's, there's a certain basketball IQ you have to have to be able to do that in the game and not really break a sweat. That's the big thing. So right, right there, I kind of knew he was special. I kept following him. The thing about his shooting be that I don't understand how these guys miss and just touch. He's a great free throw shooter. He's always shot the three ball pretty well up from high school. And then he got to, he got to uh, he went over to, he went over to Lithuania, struggled there overall just because he wasn't playing. And then also went over to Australia afterwards and it struggled from three earlier on, but got better as the season went on. I don't know why scouts couldn't see that he was clearly going to be a better shooter than he was. Like, I always thought that. Well, they're paid to do this. I'm not. And I saw that coming. I, I think we're going to get to a place where he's going to be taking threes a game with regularity and shooting 35 to 40%. He's going to be a, a good point here in the league. And you can already kind of see it happening. We're getting a mobile version of his game, and he still looks like a better player than Anthony Edwards. It, it looks like they're in different classes. And the reason why, and the reason why I thought the Timberwolves should have taken him, and I understand why the Timberwolves didn't take him, by the way, they go there. I get it. They, they, they go get D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and Cat are best friends. They really got D'Angelo Russell to keep Cat happy. They're trying to keep him. They're, they they want to avoid any conflict down the line where Cat jumps out of his contract. And I get that. But D'Angelo also did not want another ball brother coming to his team and basically getting him up out of there. Lonzo, <laughs> happened with Lonzo. It, 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 happened, it, it, happened, it could happen with ball. It would have happened with ball. Ball would have been the guy on the back on playing on the on ball, ironically enough. He'd have been the guy holding with the basketball in his hands. But no, I mean, um, it's so crazy because I don't even knock Anthony Edwards' game. I he's a good player, he's a good scorer, but he's a he's a one trick pony for lack of a better. You know what I mean? Like that's what he does. He's a score. His game's not rounded out the way Lamelo's game is where Lamelo really makes your team better when he's on the court. He's gonna find open guys, he's gonna throw the ball, he's gonna he's gonna throw guys open. He throws guy he throws guys open with his passes like a quarterback does. So Add add to that, he's a better scorer than he's ever gotten credit for. He's got a good mid range. He's actually got a he's actually shooting the three ball pretty well, all things considered. His shot selection's been good. Um, I think teams just got it wrong because they thought that the mental aspect of his game wasn't going to be there. They 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 thought he had failed interviews. What you were hearing, what you're reading, um, and I don't even know what failed interviews means. You you know that that can mean anything. They can ask some ridiculous questions. We've heard about the ridiculous questions that these CMs asked during um, drafts. And they just said he failed interviews. I think the guy, I think Lamelo's a different kind of dude. Lamelo just wants to play basketball. If you're gonna ask him about what he cares about off the court and things like that. He's gonna tell you, I care about playing basketball. He feels like that's what he was put on earth to do. And guess what? He's right. Like he's absolutely right. Like he, he's he's a good. He's always been a good kid. Like you would always see he was a good kid. Lavar did a great job with all his sons, all his kids. He did a lot of credit. Um, and this kid is the most gifted of all. Like. By far, he's, he's just getting started, but we are, we're not even getting to see it all because he in Charlotte, they're just not playing him that much. And it's frustrating, right? I think if he was in Minnesota, it'd be a little bit different, but he'd be, it'd be a, 
tug of war between him and D'Angelo. I think that Lamelo would get along with him. I would. Don't, I, don't, I don't think there would have been any drama there. But behind the scenes, D'Angelo would have been very upset, and I think that's why he he didn't end up there. Regardless, the Warriors probably should have taken him. The Warriors missed two. The Warriors missed two. I know that James Wiseman is very talented. It's gonna work out. I get it. Um, I, I see some immaturity there too. I actually think of the three, Lamelo's most mature, which no one would have saw coming. I think he's Lamelo's handling his situation more maturely than James Wiseman does. There was a picture of James Wiseman sitting on the bench in crunch time of a game, and his face, like he just looks so upset. Like he's like, I should be out there. Like that's what he's saying. Like, and I get it. Like every every player would feel that way, but James Wiseman makes mistakes out there on the court. So does Lamelo, and Lamelo handles being on the bench way better than all of them. Like it's, it's really impressive. Like that's the thing that's impressed me the most is his maturity. So. I, it's not close. He, he's the rookie of the year. He's clearly the most talented player. And the rule of thumb that you always hear with GMs is you take the most talented player at number one. You always take the most talented player. You do, I don't care about – we don't care about team need or team fit. You take the most the most talented player. And if you have to, you break it all – you break the whole thing down, the whole structure, and you build around that guy. That's the best thing you can do. So, you know, that's my piece on it. But I think Lamelo is doing – I think Lamelo is a far better player than Anthony Edwards. I really don't think it's – it's that close, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned James Wiseman. It's, it's a tough situation for him when you got Draymond as your mentor, as your vet. We see um, Draymond has taken him to the master class near every game, and maybe he can't deal with it. You know, like people have said, it's a special type of player that has to be able to deal with Draymond and understand where he's coming from and be able to accept it. So that could be a factor in it, too, with Wiseman and how things are going, how he might look on the bench. We saw uh, Draymond got ejected from the game for yelling at Wiseman because the refs thought he was talking to them. So, obviously, that might be a factor right there when we talk about Wiseman and how he progresses. New segment for the show, Cat or Facts. I'm going to read a situation. I'm going to read a topic. I'm going to read a sentence. Y'all have to tell me what y'all think. Is it cat or is it facts? Cap or facts? We're going to start off with this one. Timberland and Swiss Beats are teaming up with the NFL to do a Pro Bowl versus. This is going to bring excitement back to the Pro Bowl. Cap or facts? Big cat. Nobody's been excited about the Pro Bowl since Sean Taylor was alive. Like this, this game is a waste, in my opinion, because it's basically two hand touch because they have nothing to play for at the end of the season. They, I don't know. They're not even going to, I don't think they're even going to play the Pro Bowl this season. It's going to be a Madden game, which even that sounds so dumb. But this is, I don't know. I think they, they thought about taking the Pro Bowl out a few years down the line or, or a few years back. And I think that they should revisit it because if they're not going to make it a combat, competitive game, then why fly these guys out for a vacation and then, you know, trickery on Sunday for these games? Because it's not, it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to see a guy throw it to somebody and then you're just hugging him. And then they blow the whistle. Like, what is this? Like that, the best Pro Bowl was when Sean Lee, Sean Taylor leveled the punter. 
I miss when the Pro Bowl was like that, when they were actually competing and playing like that. And they're trying to bring excitement with Timberland and Swiss Beats. Yeah, versus. So, Greg, tell me if you're tuning in. They said the NFL came out and said <laughs> on from January 26th, every night between then to the 29th, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, there will be four days of competitive career highlight battles between several of the most recognizable NFL superstars being hosted by Deion Sanders. Are you tuning into the Pro Bowl versus? By the way, that Keisha Cole Ashanti one was big trash, but go ahead. Um, it depends on what we don't have. We don't have baseball. We'll have uh. We'll have what else will we have that during that time of year? Um, basketball still be on, right? Like it's, it's, we're actually going to be getting towards the playoffs. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. I won't. I won't be tuning into that. Um, but I'm really, really bored. Nah, it, it's interesting what they're doing there. I, I think that's um, pretty. It's a pretty cool idea in theory. Um, in theory, I think with Dion hosting it, it could get interesting because Dion's not a guy who holds his tongue. I guess in that regard. So I guess they'll get some people. But it still won't do that great. Um, and then you talk about the Swiss Swiss versus Timlin doing uh, versus. They're gonna do that too. Nah. So what they're gonna do is have the athletes do a versus. So like DeAndre Hopkins against a wide receiver, and they do verses of their career highlights. That's the whole new right. attempt of the Pro Bowl. It's supposed to start on January twenty sixth in three days. You're not tuning in. <laughs> no, nah, look, nah. I mean, I don't. I don't think the plays already. Like we're gonna run it back. Like that's what ESPN's for. I, I don't get it. Like it's cool, I guess. And it's it's a cool idea. It's creative. It's innovative because during the pandemic, I get it. And you know, they should get credit for trying something. I guess, but I, that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it for anybody. The NBA's not even having an All Star game. They won't. I don't even know if they'll do anything in, in its place. They may. Um, I don't know if it'll be that. In fact, I bet it won't be that if they see how much this flops. I don't, I don't, this isn't going to be, that's not must see TV. Well, shout out to Swiss Beats and Timberland for getting that bag um, and the versus program. So shout out to them for getting into the sports world. I don't think I'll be tuning in either watching Jalen Ramsey and Jamal Adams talk about their best interceptions or whatever. Like, I don't, like you said, we got ESPN, NFL Network, and it's a 12-year-old kid that done already did that mix on YouTube. So I'm straight off of that. Mm -hmm. hey, Jamal Adams, that's going to be a short conversation. You know, he don't have that many picks in his career, so. <laughs> Next one, Kappa Facts. Carl Malone says that Zion needs to be averaging like 40 minutes per game. You're a 21-year-old kid. Your ASS should not be getting tired. Kappa Facts. Facts. Zion... I've been telling people Zion looks fat this year. Zion looks fat. No, no BS. Like I, I don't know what it is. Dude, dude's legs look bigger. Like, like my man, my man gained weight. Like it's 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 weird. I know he can jump out the out the gym. I know what the appeal is with him. I know he was the number one pick. Although I'd argue that John Morant, honestly, like if if you're and then he's a point guard, John Morant was probably the best player in the draft from that perspective, and also came with way less because. You are monitoring his minutes because of his body type. You're, you're, that's scary. Like, Zion's a ticking time bomb. 
it's it's really scary. They have this body type. The dude's not even trying to dunk as much. I know he had. I know he dunked on someone the other day, which that was that was nice. But he hasn't been. He hasn't been dunking nearly as much. A lot of his plays, if you watch his alley oops, he's trying to be trying to watch the way he's coming down. He's just laying the ball up more. It's just a lot of high maintenance with Zion. They're all. It's almost like they, the Pelicans know he's taking time on, and then it's so funny. I I think they have a really small window to win with him. I don't I don't know if it's maintainable because he's his weight fluctuates like mid season. He comes in looking one way, and then a couple games later, he looks he doesn't look great. And I, and I don't think it's just my eyes. Like we talk about James Harden being on that Hardy's diet. I don't know, man. I think that Zion be on that Hardy's diet too. I, I think Zion be eating whatever he wants, bro. If you're being honest, that's what I think. So, um, yeah, I think Carl Carl has a point. Like at that age, you should be playing for you should be playing forty minutes. You should be able to. And they're monitoring his minutes like a guy who's been in the NBA for thirteen years and has had multiple injuries. And I know he, you know, the only thing I remember is I don't really doing this person through his shoe. He had a knee injury last year, I know, uh, which, they, which they said was because of his body type. And they still drafted him. You had the medical records. You knew how big this guy was. What, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, it's, I think it Knicks dodged a bullet, believe it or not, not getting Zion. They did. It wasn't a fault. They would have picked him. <laughs> but, you know. No, sure. Every, anybody would have picked him. Number one. Hey, real quick, something I saw the other day that was very interesting for Mazda. Zion leads the league in getting his shot blocked the most. Last I checked, they said it was around 28, 29 times he's been blocked, and we're not even 25 games into the season. Go ahead, Maz. I mean, he's a 6'6 six, six power forward that, you know, heavy on the left hand so i could see that but Carmelo, he, he has a point because if you look at it not to compare other people in the, the draft or in the league at the same age but like rj's i think leading the league in minutes or second in the league in minutes right now ja moran of course is always going to be up there in minutes because he's the engine that runs that team so the fact that zion i mean he's playing 32 minutes a game which, I mean, that's not that far off from 40 minutes, but this Pelicans team definitely needs him out there more than he's sitting on the bench. I don't know if he needs to do extra wind sprints or suicides at practice to help shed that weight, or maybe, you know, don't go so many, don't, don't order so much food out there. He's probably a huge DoorDash fan, you know, but Cause isn't Popeye's chicken from Louisiana, right? Yes, sir. You might be a, you might be a spokesperson for that soon. But he should definitely be playing a lot more than he is. Like he's already very good, but this team is kind of capped at how good they can be. Like it's him, it's Brandon Ingram. Lonzo's not what they thought he'd be. The guy not, his not his fault. We'll get there. Yeah, talk about that. He's not going to stay on this team, though. Mm-mm. You know, he'll be better somewhere else because they got too many pieces on here for him to succeed. But this team, they're in a youth movement, and you just wonder when youth movement meets actual progress. And I mean, Zion's supposed to be the face of this team. I mean, he's, they're already grooming him to be one of the faces of the league. So if you want that, you need to play a little more. That's all it is. 
Well, the issue with Zion too, if you're gonna build around Zion, is that Zion survives off his athleticism. Mm-hmm. When that's gone, he's not he's not Zion. He's not gonna be that he's just gonna be a a chubby guy that can't really move like that. Like he's I'm not saying he's not skilled in any way, but let's be honest, he doesn't keep the ball very well. Um he's a he's a pretty good passer, I'll give him that. And he can dribble, but it's all it's all based on the magic in Zion is he's up. He can elevate over guys and he can finish over guys. And when that's gone, it it's it's not this is this is not sustainable. Long story short, if you want to wrap up this conversation, Zion, what what happened to Zion is that it's not it doesn't look sustainable. We'll get to a point where it's diminished, and it might happen sooner than people think because of the way that he he can't keep the weight off, and it just it just it's a bad look. So again. Anything that didn't draft them, you're 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 in better shape than the Falcons are because they took a bet on a guy that I don't know if they can they can't he won't be a championship a, one, a number one on a championship team and when you're a number one pick that's kind of the expectation it is it, it really is much Andrew Wiggins we all know you want to. <laughs> Capper facts last one Michael Malone says joke it has to be in the early MVP conversation. This team is eight and seven, I believe, one game over 500. Oh, Cap or facts? Is that though? Is that the coach? Yeah. Oh. Of course he's going to say that. But... Cap, man, get the cap. Why don't you know we're talking about this? Okay, okay. Get out of here. You're one game over five. They've all underperformed all year. I'm not saying he, he, he probably hasn't. He probably his numbers. If you read if you read his numbers to me, I'm sure they're gonna be good. He's a very good player, okay? But not MVP conversation. So what's going on? Is this like the anti-LeBron task force? What's happening right now? Is why is LeBron not getting love? I'm I'm hearing Joel and B get love for the for the all MVP, and I, I I think it's valid. He, he should be in the conversation. He he probably is a front runner. Fine. I heard KD get credit. I'm an X-Men. I heard KD get credit before LeBron does and being in the MVP conversation, but not LeBron. We see what LeBron did against against the Bucks the night. Whenever LeBron wants to be the best player in the NBA, he is. And I think that people just forget that, like, yo, like, just come correct. Don't forget, like, Malone quotes LeBron. We see LeBron's doing in LA. That team is going because of him. AD has not played that great. AD set up for the game. I'm playing like I'm playing the garbage right now, and that's crazy because it shows you how good he is. He's still getting easy 2010. He, he rolls out of bed with 20 and 10. But LeBron is the, is the driving force behind the Lakers. He's the reason why it all works. He ha, he's orchestrated everything. KCP's three-point shooting. It's been amazing this year. LeBron puts him in a position to take those shots. LeBron is the master orchestrator of that team. He's the best player in basketball. It isn't even close. He's the greatest player of all time. I he's got to he has to win another, another MVP. Like, I don't understand how we Driving this narrative about other guys, we gonna give us the, if we give if they give the NBA MVP to Jokic or LeBron James, I'm I I really will blow up on the show. Like it's gonna be a bad day. It's gonna be a bad day. Like that that, that don't make any sense. Like it, it's not. It does, LeBron is clearly the league MVP. He's been every year. He's been he's been for like last eight, ten years. Like that's really that's 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 facts. Like he really has. Um. So, but you know, it's, it's ridiculous. The, I, I get what he's doing. He's keeping for his guy. You know, if, wanna, if I want to calm down, he's just, he's just he's keeping for his guy, and I get that. Like he's making his case. You are eight and seven. Um. So, and we know how the voters vote. So, I, I, and if Brian didn't get it, 
in the years where in 2018, LeBron didn't get that one. He dragged that Cavs team to the playoff and still didn't get MVP. What makes you think that Jokic is going to get MVP? Like 25, 11, and nine right impressive. now for for Nikola Jokic. Impressive, impressive. They are eight and seven. Impressive. They are eight and seven. This this, this is ridiculous. No, like we're not doing that. Like because you know what, Brown be Brown roll out of bed and do that. He ain't win MVP. You know, it's like a tired, it's an anti-LeBron narrative, bro. We running any name we can out there besides LeBron to an MVP. What's next? They're gonna say RJ Barrett is an MVP? RJ Barrett's gonna be MVP? Uh, let's be Brown, right? Huh? That's what's gonna be? Are, are Julius Randle the MVP? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not picking on Knicks right now. I mean, that's because of Miles. But in all seriousness, like, no, like, what are we doing? LeBron is clearly MVP of the league. Are you like I don't even know, bro. I'm just—it's it's so upsetting. It, it really is to me. There's an anti-LeBron task force out there. I'm just here to shed light on it. That's really what's going on. LeBron is still is the best player in the NBA. He will be next year too. This guy doesn't age. He doesn't age. It is wild. Like, go ahead, Mom. All right. No, you said it best. I don't need to say anything else. You covered all the bases. One, I'm hurt because you keep attacking my my young stud, RJ. Every time we get on here, he's being attacked. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Niall, <laughs> Niall tagged me in a tweet um, two nights ago about RJ Barrett, where his, they showed his numbers over the last five games. Yo, RJ is getting better. My problem with RJ Barrett was his shot selection, was his basketball IQ. That's that's seemingly getting better. He's not taking as many bad shots. He's actually doing a really good job of that um, now. He's getting he's just more efficient because of it. He's not a great shooter obviously, but he's not taking threes like he is. Part of the problem was that he would <laughs> earlier on. He took, like, there was, I've seen games where he took five threes and made one. It was like, what are you doing? Like, so, no, he's doing a much better job. He's clearly being coached well on that and, like, just in terms of taking better shots. We will see what his long-term ceiling is. I do not know. I, I, I'm, I, do I think he's a one-in on championship team? No, but we can't tell. He's 20. It's fine. Like, they, the Knicks are doing a good job with his development. Crazy. That I'm saying that, but they actually are. So I got to give him credit. He is playing really, really well. He deserves some credit. Transition into the conference championship. Only two games left before the Super Bowl. We're going to start off in the NFC. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Who y'all picking? Miles, you go first. I already know Greg's pick. Miles can go first. <laughs> no, nah, I think I agree with Greg here. It's all about Aaron Rodgers here. Even though the greatness of Tom Brady could peek its head out at some point, they're playing in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. There's always a threat of snow coming at some point. Aaron Rodgers is just on fire right now. He's been like this all season. He hasn't let up in the playoffs so far. I just don't see Tampa Bay really stopping him. Like Aaron Rodgers, he's been the best quarterback in the league this year. Probably the best player in the league this year. So... They're feeding off that. Devontae Adams, him and Rodgers have this crazy chemistry that they know what's going on before it happens. I just think that Tom Brady, he's not going to have enough. Like, Antonio Brown's not playing. That's a big piece missing. Gronk's not what he used to be. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but this Packers defense has been playing a little better over the last month or two of the season. 
And plus, the Buccaneers' secondary is they're like a leaky faucet. They're always they're always running, <laughs> and not in a good way. So, Rodgers all the way. He's got the MVP coming. Coronations coming soon. So, for me, I'm gonna go with. I have to start off before and apologize to that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. I chose. The Rams. I'll be. The, I'll come on the show and I'll admit where I'm wrong. A lot of people on this show, fellow co-hosts and whatnot, don't be admitting where they're wrong. I'll, I'll admit where I'm wrong. So don't say that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Call him out. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Last week against one of the top defenses, 23 for 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns, a 92.1 QBR, and they running game got popping. Aaron Jones, 99 yards rushing. Williams had 65 yards rushing off the bench. As a team, they had 188 yards rushing. I don't think the Bucs are on the same level of, the, of that Rams defense. I see Green Bay winning this one by two touchdowns. Y'all don't know where I'm coming from. Hold, hold on, let me, let me, uh, let me, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Ask go pack, go. If y'all can't hear that, it's go pack, go. I don't like the audio clarity on that. That great. It wasn't as sweet as I thought it would be. But um, yeah, Packers are winning uh, this game. I think they're steamroll them. I don't think it'll be that close. I, the the Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay comes in and they they got a good defense. They they're gonna blitz a ton, I'm sure. But cold weather, I don't know that Brady can still cut that snow, cut through the snow with that football. Although I'm sure he'll prove me wrong. I'm sure he'll play great. Snow. Um, but I just I just think it's I, I just think it's it's time. Like I think it's Aaron Rodgers' time. It's it's all it's all perfect. He's in the NFC. He's got he's got the game going through Lambeau. He's in complete control of the NFC picture here. He has been the whole way through, and he earned it. It was a great regular season, MVP of the regular season. Um, but it just – it just and Devontae have something this year that I, I don't think they've ever had. They just they, – their chemistry is on a different level this year. So I think they're going to win um, – they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win by two scores. Um, I, I think they're going to stop the run. Uh, Tampa Bay's going to try to run the ball a ton. That's what I think they're going to end up doing. Uh, I think they're going to stop the run. They're going to do a really good job. The defense has progressively gotten better. And so it's not just all about Aaron Rodgers. He's going to put up his points, whether it's snowing, whether it's a tornado. It don't matter. Like, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna put up points. That's what he definitely does. Um, so I think it's just a perfect mix for him to go to go to get to the next level and uh, get that Super Bowl and, I think, win the Super Bowl this year, too, uh, which is going to be a surprise to some people. But not for me. That was my pick. Packers, Chiefs, Packers win. That's what I think. So I think the Packers are going to get through this game um, as well. Just I think they're, they're a complete football team. They're doing it on all levels. They're running. They're doing the ball. They're, they're throwing the ball well. Uh, you already talked about his numbers, right? Um, and every receiver is getting in on it. It's not just Devontae. Um, and if one thing I know, there's one thing I know about the Bucks is they're aggressive to a fault on defense, and their corners aren't that great. They just aren't. They just they played they played the worst quarterback. Uh, in the playoffs last weekend. Yeah. The worst quarterback in the playoffs last week. I mean, Drew's horrible. Um, and I don't want to kick him on the way out, but, you know, I kind of just did. So, 
<laughs> it's what it is. Like it is, and he's had a great career and deserves credit for that. In all seriousness, okay, Shaq. Okay, yeah, Shaq. No, he deserves credit for his career. He had a bad. He had a bad game. He would tell you that too. He would tell you he was the worst quarterback in the playoffs. He was horrible, man. Um, he gave them the game. He, the, the Saints never had a chance. Uh, and, and Sean Payton stuck with him, and I, and I, and to some degree, I can understand it. And not running Jameis out there, but Jameis threw their threw their only touchdown. Like he threw the only touchdown he had, I think they had thrown all game, right? Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think so. Um, regardless, I I really do think um, Packers winning is the team of destiny. It's their time. Uh, on to the next game, man. I'm excited about the next one. Next Chiefs, game. Bills, Mahomey, Buffalo, Josh Allen. Who y'all got winning this game? I'm going with the Bills. Oh my God. And you can still retract that statement. Yeah, bro. It's not too late. I'm going with the Bills oh. with Josh Allen. They're going to get to the Super Bowl. Shout out to the Griselda. <laughs> yeah. It's Buffalo winning. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be high scoring. 37-34 Buffalo. And Greg going to have to come on here and, like, really put a nice little soliloquy of showing his love for Josh Allen because he's getting to the Super Bowl next weekend. Uh, yo, by the numbers, Josh Allen has, a, has had the best um, third-year jump of any quarterback in NFL history. Like in NFL history, he's the best in terms of the third year jump he's made. Um, oh, he deserves credit for this year because, and I, I'll give him his flowers now because I think it's over. Um, his flowers now. So I, yeah, you know, he's been great. Um, you know, when I made the pick about Daniel Jones being a better player than him by the end of next season, and I didn't know that Josh Allen would continue his elevated play. That being said, I'm sticking with it. There's not a take lock out here. I'm not, I'm not taking that the hot take because I think that they will be better next year. I think they're going to get some players. We'll talk about that in another segment uh, down the line. I'm excited about NFL draft talk. Um, that's going to be that's going to be great. I have some players I've been watching. But, um, yeah, no, Josh Allen's been incredible. You know, them getting him Stephon Diggs made a big difference. It opened up his game, and he's more accurate this year. He just is. He's been moving better. That being said, I probably didn't do that justice. He's been that good. Um, MVP level good. But, that being said, this season's coming to an end for them this weekend. Mahomes. Oh, and you know what? This isn't even Twitter because I've been reading the Mahomes, the, the Josh Allen's Mahomes comparisons and, you know, whether or not Josh Allen is better than Mahomes. Come on. Like, I, that's, that's ridiculous. Let's come with, that has to stop. This weekend is where it stops. When Mahomes outgunned him in Arrowhead, right, went off the concussion, getting his, his neck almost yanked off his head, you know, it, or off his body, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see uh, a we're gonna see a really good game. Um, I think the Chiefs win by seven points. I think they're gonna get heavy kill involved. They can cut. No one in the league can cover what the Chiefs run out there every single weekend. Chelsea, Hill, Hardman, Watkins is back. It's just too much. It's just too much. Um, the Chiefs are gonna win by at least a score, at least a touchdown. So yeah, I'm going Chiefs. Their defense is gonna do a good job. It's, Obviously, there is no run game to stop. The Bills don't run the ball. There's no way the Bills can win this game, bro. There's no way. I, every time I think about it, it's just, it's just more and more like I just don't see it. So, you know, it'll be a good game. Um, I think the, the Bills will put up some points, but 
they'll have a game plan for Diggs. He will still get his numbers, but it won't be – they'll control it, I think. Uh, maybe – watch me be wrong about that one. But I think uh, the Chiefs win by a touchdown. Go home. Go home. Stop. Josh Allen loves best out here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, I think that as long as Mahomes is healthy, I'm not betting against him. This is the same way I was with Tom Brady for all those years. Like, you don't bet against Tom Brady, and you don't bet against Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's been here. He's done that. He's already got an MVP, Super Bowl under his belt, about to get a second one because I think they're making the Super Bowl and they're going to win. I mean, Josh Allen's been pretty good this year. That might be putting it lightly, but his time isn't yet. He's still got to deal with Mahomes and this Chiefs team, which there's just too much firepower to keep going back and forth with them. Like Josh Allen's done it against some good teams. I'll give him credit. But if Mahomes is healthy, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, they're getting Hilaire back, which is a bonus. This team is really tough to stop. Like at that, at that point, you just need the defense to show up for the Chiefs. And for some reason, they don't play as well in the, play, uh, in the regular season as they do in the playoffs. They pick it up a little bit. Tyron Matthew, he picks his game up. Chris Jones rushing the passer, he picks his game up. So I think that this game, like you said, is going to be at least a touchdown that they win by. As long as Mahomes makes it through this full game. Because last week I said they were going to win by double digits, which they were on their way if he doesn't get hurt. Browns made it a little closer, got me a little nervous, but we're here now. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mahomes is going to play this week because this is the matchup I feel like people have been waiting for all year with as well as Josh Allen's been playing because they compare him to Mahomes for whatever reason. He's got a strong arm can run a little bit, but there's levels to this. Like Josh, Josh Allen's not on that level yet. Mahomes is, he's a different breed. He's still the best quarterback when he's fully healthy in the league, in my opinion. So he's going to show, he's going to show, he's going to, like, like Greg said, he's going to quiet all that Josh Allen noise tomorrow. And we're going to move on to a Green Bay Chiefs Super Bowl. That's my prediction. Now, I'm not by any chance, by any chance, along with anybody saying that Josh Allen is on Pat Mahomes' level. Not by the slightest imagination. But I believe the Bills will win. And I will make sure, Bills Nation, I will make sure Greg has to come on here and show that love to that man, Josh Allen. But... We will see what happens. We'll see what happens. Playoffs is happening today and tomorrow. For those who are part of our Patreon, if y'all join the Patreon, you will see this tonight. Everybody else, you will see this air tomorrow on all streaming platforms. If you stay ready, you do not have to get ready. You know the vibes. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.